today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. It's time of thanks. I'm Adam Minahan, sitting here in studio with David, the David Niles. We have Juan Posada, El Producer, on the buttons. Jim Spencer is here, and he has reminded us several times that we are forgetting things to do on the show. Thanks, uh, which Jim. We, which we will uh, make sure to do. And then we also have a very special guest, a, another priest from the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma, as we have said before. like Tulsa is the place. Eastern Oklahoma is the place yeah. for... Catholic culture. We're making Catholic, we're making Catholicism cool again here in uh, Tulsa. I think. Yes, we have, and we just have uh, wonderful priests, including Father John Fincher. Father John, thank you so much for being here with us this evening. You thank are you for having how me. long a priest? Uh, a year and a half, two okay. years, going on two years. Excellent. So I was ordained in 2020, in the midst of the pandemic. You studied in Rome. I studied in Rome mm-hmm. and in Dallas, Texas. Nice. So. So let me ask you this. This is, I think, really the big question. I'm just going to start off with the big question. Oh, man. If you were to have a cardigan contest with Father David Carvajal, who would win? I would win. That you, is you think so? Hands okay. down, yes. Okay. Oh, hands down. There was no hesitation. He would probably agree with me. Okay. Because you're both, you're both men of the cardigan. We're both in the cardigan game. Yes. Yeah. So I probably inspired him into the game. Okay. Oh. All right. So you're sort of like Paul when he's writing, like, I have been a father to mm-hmm. you. So you have, you like fathered him. In the cardigan game, yes. Okay. Nice. Nice. I have never done I don't know that. if he I'll would agree. <laughs> he might not agree with that, but. But he's not here. We went to seminary so. together, so, and I was wearing them before he was, so. All right. Know. And both of you guys. Uh, Good. We'll also, see. So who, who wore, uh, 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 I, I just went blank. What is it called? Not like glasses. Cassock. Yes, thank you. I just glasses. Glasses. No, a cassock. Both of you guys wear cassocks. Who wore mm-hmm. that first? Probably him. I li- I like wearing my cassock because I wear shorts and t shirt underneath, mm. and it's really comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's he's a he's a pants under the cassock priest. That's the debate in the priest: pants under cassock or shorts under cassock. Really, it matters. It's just 
it, when it's summertime, it does matter. Oh, okay. Sure. Right yeah, now, if it's summer, why would you wear pants under the cap? Because it's more formal. And penitential. And penitential. Okay, I mean, if that's why you're doing it, I mean, sure, go for it. But, like... I'm not in that There's not game. like a... I don't, I don't think there should <laughs> be a, a game rule that... It's not like, a game I play. I'm not about formalities. Yeah, I mean, that's... If you want to do that, do it. But the thing is, you keep it to... Like, no one's going to know. Yeah, no one's going to know. And if they do, you're not doing it right. Exactly. You kind of lose it. You got to wear the tall black socks. That's and the key. No one knows. No one knows. There you go. Okay. For the men going in into the seminary. You know, these are the kind of things they that, like, know. the the average lay Catholic man, he doesn't even think about. They don't think about this. No. No. This is what you get on the Catholic man show. I think cassocks <laughs> are awesome. That's I what do I too. Mean. I'm a big like, fan. I, I, big I've fan. never worn one. I just think yeah. like, I have. You look like have you're you? from the yes. Matrix, so it's yeah, pretty cool. Totally. I, I, I would make that joke all the time for a well, while. Well, if you alter served, maybe you wore a cassette. I never did. Oh, you didn't alter mm-hmm. serve. That's sad. I, I know. I, I, was I al- think so, too. I was an altar boy, and I wore a cassock for Halloween two years ago. I was St. Gerard. Oh. So Whose cassock did you wear? Father James Porter. Nice. The third? Yeah. Yeah. I know him. Yes. I've heard of him before. I know him, too. Yeah. 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 So he, he was uh, gracious enough in order to let me borrow his casting. Did you do any roundhouse kicks? I think that would be the first thing I no, did. No, I did like the karate kick, the, the long jumping karate kick, though. Roundhouse kicks, like Neo. Probably have to get some glasses, though, like some sunglasses. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are we drinking this evening? Today we are drinking the Expedition Stout by Bell's Brewing Company in Michigan, out of Comstock, Michigan. Uh... This is their. This is a Russian imperial stout. So it says it's a huge malt body, matched with a blend of complex chocolate, dark fruit, roasted aromas. I don't think you can just say roasted aromas because I think the aroma depends on what you're roasting. I'll just tell you, you can roast some things. It's nice. You can roast other things. It's not nice. Uh, the the beer is ready to be enjoyed now, or uh, you can age it. It's imperial, so it's got a higher alcohol content. Alcohol is ten and a half percent. So go easy. Oh, so I shouldn't drive home after this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, a little time. Might, the night. might have to like hang out for a while. Okay. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. So that's what we're drinking. How is nice. it? I haven't tried it yet. It's very. Oh, sorry. It's quite we're good. On, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. 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 Yeah, it's it's a very good stout. Mmm, I love stouts. I do too. They will make you fat. That is true. But I like love them. So they will make you so fat. <laughs> but man, they are good. Mm-hmm. If you got to get fat, it's not. It's like there are worst ways to do it's it. It's kind of the season for getting fat anyway. Right. You yes. Know? You know what? They Here, I have put We're on like three or four pounds in the last week or two. And I was just telling my wife, like, man, you're supposed to get fat after Thanksgiving. Like yeah, no, no, you're, you're I'm, pre-gaming. I'm, I'm pre-gaming. Pre- I've been yeah. doing some pre-gaming. Well, and listen, I don't even know what I've been doing. Listen, <laughs> like grace builds on nature. I've so done. the more nature you have, That's right? It's true. More technically, grace. the more grace you more have. Grace. Jim. <laughs> Jim's like you guys are playing my this game is why now. He's so holy over there. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh. our bodyguard for a reason, people. I'm just gonna say that. Yes. Um, okay, hey, so Jim, we need to, we need to do the things that Jim told us to do. Okay, that's what. Look, check this out. Here's what we're gonna be. So, if you are a patron member of ours, if you're supporting the show, we've been sending out uh, books that that we have been uh, receiving. We we send out books about once a month to a random patron member 
Patreon does not let me post them anymore because you're not technically allowed to do giveaways in Patreon. Uh, it's a whole legal uh, thing. Legal thing, like because that way, it, like goes into a lottery, basically, kind of idea. And hmm. anyway, so you're not allowed to do giveaways anymore. But we're still. You know, this used to be a free country. I know. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> but we still do it, and uh, here within the next couple of days, we're gonna be giving away uh, uh, Saint Teresa Noble's new book on uh, Advent Reflections on hit her Momentum Mori a little calendar and, and, calendar and book. Calendar and book. Yeah. So we're going to be giving that away. Uh, it's a really sweet book. It's really good reflections. She's from Tulsa. That's she is from Tulsa. Pretty. Yes. Uh, uh, Daughters of St. Paul. Um, so anyway, we're going to be giving that away. So if you support the show, um, you have a chance to do that. But you also get a chance to receive... Cool thank you gifts like a Catholic Mancho Glencairn glass, which is a whiskey glass with our logo on it etched in with lasers. Um, or we have beer steins mm-hmm. that we give also away. Also laser etched. Also laser etched. With lasers. There's, there's gems. One of them. Etch a um, Steino. Yes. Um, and so there's a lot of See different things. A yeah. lot, lot of different things that we give away by supporting the show. Um, and basically what you see right now, the reason why we also have the... Also you get equi- to support the show. Right. I don't know. That's why that, that you know people don't. It's like virtue, you know, like it's the virtue it's of the magnificence. It's it, it's its own potentially reward. the vers- virtue yeah. of magnificence. Yeah, uh, and so I know you guys don't support the show because of the free things, but it's a nice thank you. It's a nice way of saying we appreciate it, uh, and also like the reason why we have all these these cameras. We're on we're streaming YouTube. We have uh, lights, lighting, and all the different mics and everything else that you see is because people like uh, our patrons have supported us. And a lot of them have been supporting us for five years. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just Let's very grateful. to those yeah, guys. To those guys. Those, to those guys to who've been Patreon supporting us for five supporters. years. Like, yes. Here's to you. Here's to you guys. So anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys. And if you would, please um, support the show if you can. And then also, if you want to go to the pay, or thecatholicmancho.com slash store, we have stocking caps, hats, shirts. They make great Christmas gifts. If you get them in very soon... Jim can can probably get them over to you before Christmas time, uh, and a lot of the like the shirt that I have on that like they're not they're pretty cheap. So anyway, go check us out and so limited supply. Yes, because once they're out, they're out. We're not making any more of those. Yeah, yeah. So if you think like, hey, I really like your your shirts. I think you guys have sweet merch, but I hate your show. I'd never support you. Go to the store and you can just <laughs> buy it there <laughs> and never listen to the show. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, that's an option for that person mm-hmm. out there in the world. You know, we try to be all things to all people here on the Catholic <laughs> Man Show. If you're all things to all people, then you're, not, you're nothing to nobody. Well, say that to St. Paul. Why don't you tell that to St. Paul? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, we didn't even also say that, Father John, you are an associate pastor at Christ the King. Christ the King, yes. Um, I don't want to give, give away what you do so in case this whole this bombs and everybody doesn't like it and sends Father Elkin a bunch of hate mail. Father Elkin. Yeah. So is it true that that's the second coolest parish in the diocese? Is that what they say? What's the first? I think it's, well, I've heard the St. Benedict's is the uh, coolest. Maybe. I feel like the cathedral is the coolest because it's the bishops. You know what? That's true. That's true. The cathedral and... After that. Like, you're right. And, and plus, and plus, your dad uh, is the organist at Church of St. Benedict. That's true. That's true. So, it's cathedral, St. Benedict, and then the then you guys can fight over the rest. Yeah. We're here with John Finch here from the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. We're going to talk about uh, masculinity 
in this episode. We'll be right back. I want to give a big shout out to Jonathan Conrad over at the Catholic Rural Worker. Jonathan started his ministry with one sole purpose in mind, and that was get quality crafted rosaries into Catholics' hands. And he's been doing it now so well that he has opened up a storefront. He has a brick-and-mortar store. If you go to catholicwoodworker.com, you can check out the whole facility. We're really proud of you, Jonathan. I remember when you first started this whole thing. Uh, we're thankful for your friendship. We're thankful for your uh, willingness to support the Catholic Man Show. If you guys go to catholicwoodworker.com, use the program, promo code TCMS. You get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, we just want to thank you, Jonathan, for your... Uh, love of our mother and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all the good work you're doing to grow his kingdom. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, our special guest is Father John Fincher. When Father John was getting his licentiate, which is something that doesn't make any sense to Americans. We don't know anything about a, a license degree or licentiate. It's between a master's and a doctorate, is that fair to say? It's kind of the equivalent of a master's. It's a little bit more than a master's, so a little bit more. A little bit, maybe. I could teach at like a university or a seminary in the Catholic Church. Could you do that with a master's? Yes, okay. sort of. But this is like the church's like little stamp on you that says... You're not a heretic, sort of. Right. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. They're, right. they're saying, There's like, potential. you can teach a class on this specific moral right. theory. We didn't teach you any heresy anyway. Not yet. It didn't come from us. Okay. So you wrote this paper. Uh, just tell us briefly, what's the premise? What's it about? And then let's. I want to dive right in. So I wrote uh, my, it's called a Ticina, a thesis, basically, okay. on uh, basically trying to understand a theology of authentic Christian masculinity. What does that mean? What does that look like? How is it accomplished? So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I spent the past year of my life working on. How did you choose How did you choose to write on this? Um, the first time I started writing about it was in 2019, when I was still at a different university in Rome, and it was kind of in the midst of the Me Too movement, where I felt like men were getting a lot of bad rap, uh, and I just wanted to see what is the church actually teach on masculinity nice which turns out is not there's not a lot there really yeah yeah not a lot of papal documents not a lot of magisterium on the dignity of man i feel like it was really not written about hardly at all until the theology of the body yes yes and then recent popes have really focused on john paul benedict and even francis have focused on the dignity of woman Mm -hmm. probably rightfully so but now we kind of need to understand the other half a little bit better, I think. Okay, so. Not that I've helped. I mean, maybe I've helped a little bit in some clarity. Sure. But this is, we need a Pope to write a document like this. I agree. That would be be incredible. It'd be really cool. Yeah. It'd be great. But he'll get a lot of backlash. Great way to end the year. It's okay. I mean, the church gets backlash for everything That's true. That's true. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And she don't care. Honey Badger don't care. It doesn't matter. No. No. But we need some more clarity on masculinity, yeah. I think, in the church. It'd be a great way to end man. the year of St. Joseph. I mean, like, it really would just be. throwing that out there. Yeah, just throwing it out there. Uh, I know Pope Francis listens to the show. We're just giving <laughs> you some, uh, some ideas. <laughs> Next encyclical, Pope Francis. In, in right. the event you want to, to throw men, that out there. I can connect you with Father John. So yes. 
you can just copy and paste. Okay, so in the beginning here, you you kind of start off by saying some of the problems. Yes. Walk us through some of these things that you um, highlighted as. Obviously, there's a lot of problems with society. Um, yes. And when it comes to who, you know, like really the greatest question a man can ask himself is what does it mean to be a man? The world has a lot of other answers to that question than mm-hmm, what the church mm-hmm. and what, I, you know, I think God intended. So that naturally we've, we've wound up in a place where we're facing some, some challenges that we need to overcome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of, um, there's definitely a lot of problems. I think part of the complication is that, like, to be a man is both, it's, like, objective and it's subjective. So it's objective in the sense that, like, there's standards in a sense. Like, there's things of, like, this is what makes up a man. But it's also based on each person's experience of what it means to be a man. So that that kind of makes it more complicated because you're working with real human beings. Right who are always messy, if you haven't figured that out in, in this life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when we look at a lot of the misunderstanding of masculinity in the world today, I really think the root of it, at least at the beginning, comes from a lack of fatherlessness, right? You can look at all of these studies that various people have done, and you look yeah. at a lot of the world problems, and it act, some of it goes back to men didn't, or women too, in but especially for men, they didn't have these male role models um, that helped them to understand what it means to be a man in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in a sense, they don't they don't really know where to turn, um, and so they turn to all of these other things that they think are going to fill them up, and then it just causes chaos in the world. Um, so I think that's one of the problems, and with that, it's like, I think we're seeing... A generation of men that are failing to grow up right like we live in this reality where it's like you can just continue being a teenager until you're 42 you know? right there's no rite of passage we've talked about this yeah in the there's show no before, rite right? of passage it's no longer you are now a man and you have yeah. the responsibilities of manhood yeah. yeah like how do you know right yeah you know you go through that weird phase every every man does when he's becoming a man like am i a man now like mm-hmm. it, it what is expected of me Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. And so I have to tell you, one time a waitress told Adam that he had Peter Pan syndrome. That is a true story. Which means what? We didn't know at the time. We had to <laughs> Did like, you look it up. Look it up. We had to figure it out. It just means like men who don't want to grow up. Okay. That I was, yeah. She that was a bold move on her part because yeah, he still bold. had not left. I had not a even tip, tipped. Yeah. And it was not oh, a good tip. I'll she just, should have done that after the tip. Right. She was maybe having a rough day, you know. Yeah, we're all there sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks for sharing that, Dave. That's how kind of you. Peter Pan syndrome. <laughs> um, so I think that's one of the problems. And, and I think we see that, right, with like, to some extent, not to bash on these things, but like video game culture, it like yeah. continues to like 62 now. Like even with like the Marvel movies, like there's this idea of like men wanting to live in that fantasy. Right. Pornography, same exact thing. It's like I can just live in this fantasy world where I never have actually have to act for myself or risk anything. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of builds yeah, onto that. I agree that. with that. Um, yeah. But further than that, like, I think there's, with the whole kind of gender confusion in our society, it becomes even more uh, confusing as to what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman because any anybody can be whatever they want to be. Um, so there's no traditional understanding of gender 
But this is a in new a this is a new yeah. problem, right? And yeah. It's because it is a new problem. It's a new, like nobody for uh, until the last like fifty years had any issues with gender like gender issues. Like yeah, it just well, wasn't like a real I mean, thing. Even, even yeah, in the last, a little just, bit, last, but not to the extent, to the extent that we have in now. the last ten years, or really the last five years, even right. And it's so I think exploded. That, I think it's uh, as fatherlessness you know increases because of maybe uh, contraception, because mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the lack of understanding of what marriage is. So mm-hmm. fatherlessness happens, and then uh, you get the guys who are no longer you know, the boys who are not growing up. You know and. You get the thirty-two-year-old guy still in mom and dad's basement. This ble- bleeds into under like a lack of understanding of who am I at, as God created me to be. Like yeah. what am I like? I'm not being satisfied. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so you have this idea of like, well, maybe there's a, a reason why, and maybe it's because I'm not who I think I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you started off with fatherlessness here in this in this paper document in this in what we're talking about today that you wrote these His words thesis? these His words you put together right the words uh because i mean that's really i think the crux of the matter mm-hmm. that's uh and it kind of leads into everything else that goes away that's straight right to some extent because if you if you ha- if in a fatherless world boys don't know how to be men so you have men who are growing up who you know who, who are formed men are formed in less than what they should be and mm-hmm. it's men's job to maintain the virtue of a, of a society. Yes. The, the soci- society's virtue, level of virtue, uh-huh. is the, collectively, it's the men's responsibility because they're the only ones who can enforce it. Yeah, to some extent. A woman, a wo- women just simply don't have the physical power yeah. at the end of the mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. to actually enforce the common good. Yeah. And so it's up to men to make sure that we're upholding those things. Mm-hmm. And because our society has lost virtue that's how we get into all these perverted weird places yeah of what we're holding up as good versus other things you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's interesting i mean the problem is kind of it's it's a cycle in itself because it's like we have a generation of fathers who were never fathered and now they're supposed to father their children right so it's just kind of this cycle but uh, this is why the church but they the can do it they well. can do yeah, it for sure they can do it on and the church, I think, is there to support them in that. Yeah, Our and even just by being and, present, are, yeah. are they gonna? Are you know? Are you gonna be the best father? No, you're no, not. No, every perfect. father is gonna make. Like I, I make forgot. mistakes as a father. Yeah, barely. Uh, I mean, I I made some today, <laughs> but uh, that that doesn't mean. You know, it's like I'm still I'm still doing it. I'm present. I'm dedicated. Yeah. Right. right so, but this is different, though. So when you're a fa- when you don't have a role model and you become a father because of being a father, like you just have to step into that role, right? You, you have, have to figure it. You out. You have to figure it out. Right. Now, that's different, though, than what the issue is with the crisis within the church, mm-hmm. because now you don't have a, somebody to look up to who said like this is what a man does to he prays he he goes to mm-hmm. to, to mass. And so, but now, for whatever reason, we do have this crisis of men not participating in the holy sacrifice of the mass. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's I think it's a number of things. I think in a lot of ways we've overly feminized the church. I mean, yeah. If you think about even just the people who work in a t- typical parish office, right? We don't we don't pay enough for a father to be able to work at the church. Number one, I was going to bring that um, up. That that's part of the problem. So like, that's so we don't actually have male role models in leadership in the parish outside of the priest. And right. then you think of the catechists; they're all women. Um, you think of like 
nothing I like the Novus Ordo, but a lot of the new music is very like feminine and uh it's just not beautiful. So I think even in the liturgy there's a lack of like the mystery. Like we've lost a lot of the mystery, which I think mm-hmm. draws men in. This is why men are the playing beauty, video games senses. or watching Marvel or, yeah. wa- or like, yeah. you know, because it's this mystery of mm-hmm. putting yourself in that and that's what's drawing them in. Yeah. I also like how you put in here that the, lang- the language changed in yeah. the liturgy itself mm-hmm. and that it's it became, a softer... It's a softer language. Yeah, more, yeah. Mu- you know, it's like, oh, it's not quite so hard, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which, yeah, that's, as a man, I dig the extreme language kind of, you know, like, me too. because... I that want to know speaks, where, where that speaks to my nature. You're like, I'm ready to go to war, or I'm ready to like feast. Yeah. You know, like, who who wants to do anything in the middle? We, as many you know like mean? things more direct. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Okay. So we'll be right back uh, here with John, Father John Pincher. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Here with Father John Fincher, we're talking about authentic Christian masculinity, really de- uh, deviating from our usual topics, <laughs> like going out on a limb. Really going on a limb today. Yes. Hey, we just uh, shout out to everybody in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We went up there for a men's conference, the tenth annual men's conference in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Thank you to uh, Rick Dooley and uh, all of his team for inviting us out. It was a great. Uh, conference. We really enjoyed it. And we also are going to uh, a Catholic comedy festival January 8th in Phoenix-ish in Arizona. It may not be in Phoenix. Maybe me- Mesa. I'm not positive. Mesa? Mesa. 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 When Mesa. is the if comedy? If you say Mesa, like... That's the joke. They know you're not Mesa. from around there. <laughs> Just like Miami and Miyama. You in can Oklahoma. make that joke in Mesa. I don't think they'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going there in January, January 8th, uh, St. Philip Neri Catholic Comedy Com- uh, Festival, which will be fun. I'm so excited to see. Like, it's kind of random. What is a Catholic Jew, though? That's what I've are been saying, saying to Adam. It's wait, like, are you I, saying that we're not? I'm funny? not saying you're not funny, but you're definitely not comedian. I mean, like, I get why I'm going. Okay, well, I'm Eche Homo. You see what I'm saying? I, I mean, see what you're saying. Yeah, see, this is the joke I used to make all the time. But I keep <laughs> telling Adam, like, I'm not sure what you're gonna do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the hype man. I'm the hype just man. There. I'm the hype okay. man. So I'm the one that used to tell jokes on the show. That's true. You used to tell, like, formal jokes. Mm-hmm. And they were hilarious. People really wanted to keep hearing them, but I I went into retirement only to be able to, to be brought back out of retirement. Yeah. That's why you you're, do it. You're like Jay-Z. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> the Catholic Jay-Z. Father, he was this rapper back <laughs> from, like, a long time ago. <laughs> anyway. All right. So we set the problem up. We talked about fatherlessness. We talked about boys not growing up and being men. We talked about... Um, gender confusion and the crisis of men in the church. Um, so now, Father is yeah, and there's going, a lot more we could have said about that. Right, but I, think, I think I think in general people get it. People you know, get it. they get the problems. Yeah, we um, see the problem. So now, mm-hmm. Father is right. going to sum up the solution in the next ten minutes and exhaust the topic. Yeah, it's not the solution yet. This is just like, this is like the what oh, is oh this is, this is I'm the, sorry, I jumped ahead. Yeah, I think this, this is, is the base. This, this is, is the, the foundation base. for the solution, exactly. which is what it's all about. 
I've heard that. Exactly. Yeah. So no trouble. So, uh, I mean, if we were going to sum it up in one word, it would mm-hmm. just be Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just be like That's him. actually two words. Oh, two words. Jesus Christ. I can't, I didn't go to school for math. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like if you Does were going to follow Sean, he has a degree uh, in math. He does. He told me this recently. And I Isn't was, that crazy? I not, could never. I, I'm like, man, that. if he ever gets moved back to Tulsa, I'm going to have him. All right. Monday is math day. You're homeschooling my kids. Yeah. He has the degree to do it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that would be the, the, the two word answer, like become like Jesus Christ and you will be the perfect man. Uh, and then we can unpack that. Right. So I think we have to look first at the book of Genesis, this idea that man, right. This applies to women too, but man and woman are created in the image of God from the beginning. Um, so that we're, we're something higher than the rest of all of creation, um, being created in the image and likeness of God. So we're this high point because we're like God. We have uh, an intellect, like mm-hmm. we're rational. Um, so that, in the first sense, like we're different than the rest of creation. Um, so that's that's just going back to the beginning of Genesis. And then with that, it's like we are able to reflect, unlike the other animals. We have self-knowledge and we have self-reflection. Mm-hmm. So you see that even when like Eve is created, Adam's able to like, understand that he's different than Eve, but he's more similar to Eve than he is to the animals, which he's just named. Um, So that's kind of the first thing. Like We're created in the image and likeness of God, and that sets us apart from the rest of creation. And then secondly, when you look at also Genesis, Genesis 1, like you notice that God goes through the seven days of creation, and he says that each of the, like at the end of the day, he says, and it was good. Mm -hmm. But on the day he created man and woman, right, he says that it was very good, right? So there's this inherent goodness in man that can actually never be lost. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that's, I think that's something huge because, um, I mean, I talk to people all the time and they don't recognize that inherent goodness in themselves, Mm. um, which is in a sense like it can't be removed despite our sin. Which is a failure to understand who they are. Um, yes. Yeah, so we have to understand that we're broken and we need sal- salvation, right? We need a Savior, but we're fundamentally good. And I can, can just hear Scott Hahn talking about sonship right now. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a sense of that when you look at Genesis that's uh, kind of essential to understanding who we are as human beings and who we are as especially men. Um, and then kind of moving forward to Jesus Christ, right? We talk about Jesus Christ as the new Adam. Um, So we have obviously the first Adam who kind of screws everything up. And then you have this second Adam who really comes and... Which one are you, Adam? We don't know which one you are. You're somewhere in between. I feel like you're in between. Uh, So, right, the first Adam is expelled from paradise, but the new Adam brings paradise to us, right? The gates of heaven are opened. Um, So it's it's really this great gift that we see that uh, Christ, the new Adam, is bringing us... The grace really then to live as men to show us what does it mean right the first adam tried his best he didn't do that great he's but he's still, still good he's still a saint in true. the church first first one in heaven true yeah. so like you know if there's, you're saying that i'm in the middle of between jesus there's still and a, a chance saint i mean well you have to you have to specify at what at what uh point in the arc of sainthood are we referring the highest that you're between peak I mean, because it's like, are you between Jesus and Adam when he was like eating the apple? You know, because he went, he went, 
he developed over time the thing about Adam. There was a True. time where he was not so great. There Same was a time Z's. where he was very, very good. <laughs> and other times he beginning. was very, very good, yeah. And then after that, I feel like, you know, he learned he learned a lot. He had there was a day he learned a lot that day. I'm sure he did, I mm-hmm. would hope. I have thought about that, like for Adam having been in the garden mm-hmm. and then having children and then like raising them and realizing that the world that you're giving giving them is worse totally sucks. Then when you, you know c- by comparison yeah. and just the guilt that he must have borne, having known yeah that's the probably garden. true that is probably true. also fig leaves would be very itchy. Well, they only wore those for like a while. Then God <laughs> killed the animals to make clothes out make clothes for them. God was also the first tailor. It's in the story. Yes. Yeah, he said he made suitable clothes. Is what it says for Adam and Eve. That's true. Uh, but one of my favorite theology of the body quotes, which is exactly about what we're talking about, is that mm-hmm. Christ fully reveals man to, to himself, himself. Yeah. and makes his supreme mm-hmm. calling clear. Mm-hmm. Like that's right. That's like it's all about. I agree yeah. with that statement. Yeah. yeah, and it's because when Christ takes on humanity, right? God became man, so all of our humanness is then recreated. So even our masculine traits somehow become new in Jesus Christ. So it's kind of like, how can I become more like him because he is now this new Adam who perfects man Mm because he's God. But I'm also human, and so I can become more divine. Um, Yeah, that's what St. Athanasius talks about. right? He says, the Son of Man became man so that we might become God. Right, you've probably heard that quote before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the through this adoptive sonship that our, not just like our souls become recreated, but all of who we are, which I think we don't think about that much. Like that, I think our humanness, I was talking about this today to somebody, our humanness I think is often overlooked, but our humanness is so important, right? It's begin, We're going to become more ourselves, but we're going to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's like this coming together of... By becoming more yourself, you become, yeah. more, you become more like Christ. And it seems weird, but... Because you're like, am I just becoming like him? Or am I really me? Right. You think, oh, I'm trying to make him more like me, and that's not the right way. But mm-hmm. no, that's actually not the way it goes. One of the points that you make in here, which I really love, is as we're you know, having upholding Christ as the model, mm-hmm. I had never really stopped to ponder Christ's fatherhood. Yeah. Because there's God the Father, mm-hmm. and then there's God the Son. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jesus isn't the Father. Uh, perfect distinction, perfect unity, you know, but like, obviously, no, no he, material heresy. He did, he did have a fatherhood yeah. on earth. And I, it's like, I had never even considered yeah, that. Yeah, because all men have, I mean, it's within all men that we are somehow supposed to be fathers. And if, if we're embracing our fatherhood apart from Christ's fatherhood, mm-hmm. then it's it's going to be, it's not going to be right. Yeah. You know, and so that's just... And I mean, if you think about it, Christ is just living out the will of the Father. Yeah. So it's he's connected directly to God the Father, mm-hmm. obviously. Sure. Um, so... Um, but you put in here, you said, if men wish to become like God, then fatherhood must be deeply understood so that the heart can be stirred into decisive action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, like, yeah, you have to imitate. We imitate Christ in all things, in all ways. Mm-hmm. I need to have a fatherhood like his. You know, one that's um, life-giving, that's generative. Uh, and obviously, you can't be a good father until you're a good spouse. 
Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, it's that's the, the, that's the, the hard thing whole topic, about right? About fatherhood and Christian life, everything's connected in the right. Christian life, which makes it easier and also more difficult. Because sometimes. you can't be a good spouse unless you you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you're not, if you don't have a good prayer life, if you don't have, if you're not striving for virtue, then you can't be a good spouse, which means you can't be a good right. father. Yeah. Which means you can't yeah. help the community. It's which the means- undoing of the original sin. You know, Satan yeah. didn't, he didn't tempt Eve and Adam by saying, oh, God doesn't exist. They knew he existed. What he did was he said like, oh, are you sure you can trust him? Are you sure that God the Father is going to continue to take care of you? Yeah, you know, so Satan's trying to destroy fatherhood. He's, from the he beginning. was destroying fatherhood from the beginning. Right, yeah. exactly. Okay, so when we get back, we're going to talk about the solution or some solutions some pragmatic uh, applications. We're not solve the all the solutions. All of them. All of Every them. single one of them in the next 12 minutes. We'll be right back. Exhaust them. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. (laughs) That was perfect timing, Juan. You're getting so good at this. Yeah, twice. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. With Adam Minahan and John Fincher. Father John Fincher. Oh my gosh. Padre, I apologize. You are totally a priest. Priest of God. Priest of Jesus Christ. We're drinking Expedition Stout by Bell's Brewing Company in Michigan. It's fantastic. It's really good. I will tell you it was $15 for the six pack. I'm not sure that's not bad. Uh like I think that there may be other stouts I'd go maybe like for the $10 American Solera, range, well, you'll go uh, $15 for like a 24 ounce can. <laughs> I just, you know, you like know, you get six pack for $15. That's just not that's, my jam. It's not my jam. Like, but it's pretty good. But it's, it's really very good. good. Oh, like if someone wants to give me one of those American Soleras, I will love it. Listen, uh, I'm not going to buy it myself, but just because, look, I got four kids. All right. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of money. For my, beer. my money has other priorities when I can go and buy like uh, some other good stouts at a more reasonable like it's a very good, very good stout. Yeah, so we're talking. It is very good. So we're talking about uh, masculinity. Um, we're gonna get kind of a little bit more pragmatic. A little more pragmatic okay. in this segment. Okay. So we're talking about so uh, the role of uh, of a man, like what it, what his distinctions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we start small and then work our way out. Yeah, that's kind of how it has to work. So uh, I think if we look at at least the past three popes, they keep talking. Pope Francis talks more about missionary discipleship, but the term before was like new evangelization. So the idea is like, if we're to implement this new evangelization where we actually follow Matthew 28, right? Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We have to somehow equip men, right? And I think men more so than women 
I think for women, it's probably easier to be contemplative, right? Whereas for men, there's like no doubt. this drive to go out, mm-hmm. uh, yet men are somehow unequipped to do that. So the question then is, how do men do that starting in their own family? How do they do it in their own parishes? And then eventually greater society. Right. So I think that's the question, because it's kind of like you said, you have to start small. Um, it's like Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Exactly. If everybody just does that, in yeah. one generation, the world will change. The world would change. I mean, it would be night and day. Everybody's loving their family. Right. Um, so I think, I mean, the catechism of the Catholic Church talks about, anyway, the family as the original like cell of society or of social life. So I think it has to start there anyway. Um, and the popes have talked about, uh, I think it was Paul VI, talked about how like the family is this place of evangelization anyway, where like you as fathers especially are leading your family in the faith and hopefully evangelizing your children with the gospel. Yeah. But your kids are also evangelizing you, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this like interplay within the family of... Teaching of, you how to love. Yeah. Because the, yeah. sometimes kids are hard and to how love And how to live sometimes. the gospel. Yeah. Because, right, your your kids probably inspire you in the faith sometimes. So it's like this, hopefully you're yeah, inspiring definitely. them more so, but uh, you're still going to grow from there. Um, so I think within the family, we have to understand that one of the primary things of the role of the father is that of the protector. Uh, so he is the one, right, not just right to protect the family from like outside danger and also inside danger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's protecting even in the sense of, of, uh, providing, like that's the sense of protecting your, you're protecting your family from poverty. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what you're proclaiming the gospel, you're protecting and you're also forming, right? You're teaching your children, hopefully morals and how to live yeah. the Christian life. Let me just give an example of this. Um, one of my children has recently reached the age where she has learned when I like ask a question, she knows, and I kind of know, like, you might be in trouble. Mm-hmm. She's learned I can lie and maybe mm. get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually, well, so far, she's terrible at it. Mm-hmm. So I always know that she's lying. But <laughs> it's one of the things that I pray about every day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like, I spend time in prayer every morning asking God to like not let that seed of a hap you know like of deception of lying grow yeah. you know like to yeah, give yeah, me yeah. the ability as a, as her father to stamp it out yeah even if that means she, i have to punish her you know yeah. even if oh, but i don't want to you know overly no, punish overly, you know exactly yeah. because i don't yeah. want her to be afraid of punishment and therefore more tempted to lie yes right yes. uh so but anyway it's like that's something as a father i take Seriously, that I, I have to make sure to defend my family against yeah. know, that growing in my house because it's yeah. my house. You know what For I mean? Sure. And and I think with that, like even in the way you discipline, the way you live your life as a man in your family, one of the things you're doing outside of protecting is just like creating this idea for your kids of what is a father mm-hmm. and what does it mean to be a man, right? Especially for sons, but even for daughters, right? Because you're somehow modeling masculinity right. and fatherhood for them, which will then create this idea of what that means, right, in, for others. Like, if they look at it, if your daughter sees a potential spouse when she gets older, like, right. she, hopefully she'll be like, my dad was like this, and so I'm looking for something like that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they you, you get to give them a glimpse of what the Heavenly Father, exactly. His love Because it all goes back to right. God the Father. So what do you think is one of the things, I mean, 
you have uh, the benefit or the cross, what, however you want to look at it, of, of hearing confessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think is, if you've ever listened to Dave's confession, what specifically did he say in confession? Mm-hmm. I've no, I cannot say oh. anything. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I'm just But so what? What do you think that men sh- struggle with? See, the this most? is why I'm worried about the whole Catholic well, comedy conference. Like, <laughs> things are going to come out. That was that joke just didn't land. You know, it's failure to launch. I think. Yeah, oh. but it's all right. well, you have a few months to prepare. I still have a little bit of time. You have some time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's a good question. I think a lot January of it. Eighth. You got a lot of time. A lot of time. I I'll think work a on lot it. of uh, <laughs> worry about it. January sixth. <laughs> I think a lot of it for men. I think we were talking about this earlier, but it might have been during the commercial. The lack of the effeminacy, feminine effeminacy, effeminacy. Thing, yeah. If you say like it fast m- enough, it sounds men right. Men don't know how to avoid pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that comes to drinking, right? The two big things, drinking and sex. Right. It's appetites. Men, appetites. men are creatures of appetite. Yeah, right. so that's a big thing, right? The sins around the flesh, mm-hmm. whether it's food or drink, those would be the two big things. Or just laziness, I think. Yeah. So a lot of it goes back to men not knowing how to like give up those pleasures and live for something greater. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. I mean, I agree. That's yeah, I so that's too. that's my struggle. I mean, yeah. definitely, it's I struggle with my appetite and mm-hmm. uh, mastering it the way I, you know, in hindsight, at the end of the day, during my mm-hmm. uh, examination of conscience, I say, you know what, I probably didn't need to eat eight cookies. Yeah, back to back. Exactly. You know, maybe if I'd always spread them out over the day, I wouldn't feel so bad about <laughs> it. Exactly. I said I binged on those chocolate chip cookies today, <laughs> almost like I couldn't help myself. Yeah, and it's like that's a fairly uh, like on, that's a fairly docile thing actually, but like that's I think what men. Yeah, I think that's a big. That, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. you know whether it's sex or food or uh, just you know rest you know yeah. or uh, we have to learn to embrace the arduous uh, because that's where salvation is. You yeah. know, like there's so many beautiful prayers to Saint Joseph that talk about working out your salvation in in the daily. Mm-hmm. Well, like even today, like work. it's talked about in the gospel, like those who will be saved will be those who persevere till the end, or yeah. like, endure till the end, mm-hmm. whatever translation you're looking at. So it's even it's kind of that. How do we endure? It's by living in the day, which is normally the daily grind. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort sort of penance that has mm-hmm. to come out of that because mm-hmm. life just is that. Um, so maybe maybe now we could shift to like man's role in the parish, right? Please, because, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Um, I think we're seeing, right, if you look at statistics, uh, men are just fleeing from the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think church is especially, it's just seen as a feminine thing that women do that men somehow don't need to do. But we also see that when fathers are leading their family in the faith, then the kids are more likely to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot of ways, uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but it's like the, the parish is not set up in a lot of ways for men, Right. Even the way we do catechesis, it's like, let's sit you in a desk for two hours and hope a little six-year-old boy cares about the church later on. Right. Um, so there's kind of no sense of mission or adventure, which is the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know, I think a lot of times in chanceries and parishes, like everything becomes overly political and overly bureaucratic, so we lose the sense of mission. Yeah, it's all about, what's the what's the next program? Yeah, what's the next program? Uh, we have to jump through seven hoops to do anything, and mm-hmm. that just kind of kills 
a lot of the masculine drive to adventure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly how that has to change in the parish, but I think that is one of the things that men are driven to adventure, which is well, connected very closely to mission. I think the men in the parish need to stop expecting the priest to do everything, to be the one who's coming up with the ideas. For sure. Uh, for the sure. men in the parish need to lead the parish. Yes, for sure. Because I'm not, I don't have to listen to the chancery. No, I do. I do. You, you, I mean, both <laughs> of you guys extent. do. I mean, <laughs> Adam, Adam works there, you know. Yeah. Like, he yeah, probably yeah. has to listen to him more than you do, Father. But, I mean, what are they going to do, fire you, you know? But, <laughs> they could fire you, but they wouldn't. <laughs> they could fire me, definitely. <laughs> they really wouldn't fire But me. we need men who are willing to stand up. It's like, hey, I think this is what we need in our parish because, like, this is just, I think it works for mm-hmm. us. You know, exactly. it's, it's Yeah, so we need those us. leaders. We talked about that earlier, too. Like, there's not a lot of male leadership within the parish communities, yeah. typically. So we do need that to be stepped up so that men can help other men become disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's really the key, right? We're, we're supposed to be helping other men become disciples of Jesus Christ. And then I think connected to that, there's a lot of times a lack of brotherhood. I mean, yes, we don't have community. Is. We don't that have brotherhood. That's huge. And if we look at the saints, saints formed other saints. And mm-hmm. we don't have that a lot of times in our parishes. I agree. So we ran out of time on the radio. If you're listening to this right now on one of the 20 plus stations, radio stations, uh, go over to thecatholicmanshow.com. You can listen to the full episode or, or look, watch us on YouTube. We're going to finish, this, wrap this up on the other side of the break or after the music stops. More on the Lord's team. <laughs> the winning side. So raise your glass. But yes. yeah, it, brotherhood, I mean, so Adam and I, like, we travel some. Not mm-hmm. We don't travel a whole lot, but that's one thing that we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he and I have been friends for a long time. and For a minute. Uh, a minute. Like, since we were in kindergarten. So mm-hmm. every time we go somewhere, people will come up and be like, wow, that's so amazing. You don't even, you don't even know what We kind didn't of even know that, that it is. was unusual mm-hmm. to have been friends with someone for that long. Until people started coming up to yeah. us and telling us. Yeah. Well, it's true. And then I think what's unique about both of you is that you're both into your faith, which yeah. I think that would be even rarer. Well, I honestly, we wouldn't be as good of friends. No. Right. No. Because you Otherwise. wouldn't have anything really connecting you. Right. Exactly. Because the, the things that are at our friendship, and the same is true with Juan, are the realest things in the in the universe. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's not fake. It's It's real. And all of us... Mm-hmm. know and and do call each other out on things yeah um and it's not always pleasant i've been meaning to talk to you about something right. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and then that's why you see all these saints connected like saint dominic saint francis they formed band bands of brothers like yeah. mm-hmm. saint benedict did the same exact thing uh yeah the, the jesuits you got mm-hmm. saint francis xavier saint ignatius of loyola mm-hmm. just this great list of saints that were all living together as friends Mm-hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were friends. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, masculine saints build other masculine saints, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Father, so. I want to ask you a question. Here, here's something that Dave and I have talked about before, um, but I'd like to get your opinion. Mm-hmm. One of the pr- 
one of the problems I know what you're in a parish, say, and I'm glad you're going to. Br- oh, maybe not. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. One of the problems of, of when a parish grows mm-hmm. is that obviously when more people come in, the mm-hmm. more money that comes into the parish, uh, the less they need to rely on volunteers, the less they need to rely on a men's group mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Uh, mow the grass or yes, to uh, yes. you know cut cut the shrubs or mm-hmm. to make sure that the the plumbing is fixed. Yeah. Uh, they don't have to do it because they can outsource this now. It's all outsourced. It's all outsourced. Right. Uh, one of those. So one of the problems of get of a big parish is is actually a benefit, but also a crut, mm-hmm. like a, a cross, mm-hmm. right? Because you now have more money to do more things, but then you have more money to where you don't need people as much. Yes. So then you get these these startup parishes that have a thriving men's group at the very beginning. Then the next generation, because they were, because they had to lay the needed. sod. The men, the men in that parish knew that they were needed, and they yeah. had they formed a brotherhood because of this call to action, because of this need within the parish. We and have like, to build the benches. We have mm-hmm. to paint. We have to do like we're setting the, the manual labor the is up to us because we're yeah. a, we're a new poor parish, right? Exactly. But now it is becoming thriving. There's eighteen hundred families, three thousand families, whatever it is. We don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. So now there's no and that, well, there's that a lack of call to action. And that beginning situation is what you want because it gives the men identity with the parish. You know, you go to like some of these old parishes. It's like my grandfather built this, yes. like literally yes. built it exactly with the other men at the time. It's mm-hmm. like you think those men are going to leave the church? Like you got to be kidding me! They built they the built church. It. Yeah. Like they're not leaving this church, even yeah. if they don't believe what it teaches. You know, which like they yeah, they're still there. Like, well, why'd they build it if they didn't believe it? But yeah. but they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they don't believe it, at least they're going to stick around, and maybe they'll get evangelized. You know, so we need that identity. Mm-hmm. But I mean that that's something that we've seen too, where they lose yeah. that. <clears throat> I think, I think in the modern parish. I, I am a big proponent that a lot of that could be happening in small groups, right? So mm-hmm. we just have to break down the parish into smaller groups where then men and women are in small groups of communities where they're forming each other, right? Because yeah. even I, as the priest, can't get to like every man and every woman to like be like, hey, right. you're really bad at this and you should probably learn how to pray and love Jesus. Yeah. But if everybody like had a little small group that was like calling each other on, uh, to help each other do this mm-hmm. and help each other live the gospel and go out and evangelize and make more disciples. Um, I think a lot of our problems would still exist, obviously. Yeah, but I'm sure they're not all going to go away. I mean, But we would probably be a little more stronger and have... If all your problems go away, what are you going to do? Disciples. Yeah, but do you, under, I mean, do, yeah, do you agree that there's no... Like, if men are not... Like, men are men of action, right? Mm-hmm. So if there is no call to action, if, yeah. the, if there's no need for men in the parish, then yeah. they don't take this... Yeah. The, they don't, they're not able to put their own DNA, their thumbprint into, into the parish. Yeah. And so then yeah. they don't feel needed. And so yeah. then they go find other things where they do feel needed, which yeah. a lot of those things are not, you know, mm-hmm. holy or good or, you know... Right, like um, the Shriners or, you know, right, something... Like, you know, um, and, and there's a reason why those people, you know, those groups are thriving. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I think this is a situation where the like part of it of responsibility falls on the priest to not allow your parish. There's a there's been a shift in attitude, and this is not just in the church; it's in across America, 
where there, it used to be understood by men specifically that I serve the parish. Yes. And now I think most men think that the parish serves, serves me. Yeah. Like I come here, they provide me mm-hmm. a service. Yeah. Like they're the ones who like, they're like servicing me Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's like... The, it's, it's a consumerist. It's a consu- it's a consumerist attitude. attitude. Ask not what your parish can do for you. Right, exactly. But for what? And so I just like, made that up just off the top of my head. The, uh, and part of that is like, oh well, the grass gets paid. F- like, oh, we have someone cut the grass. Mm-hmm. We have someone do the. Prof- we have professional landscapers. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, I. Co- it's like I'm a, at a country club. You know, it's I come to here, I tithe, mm-hmm. and like everything's nice for me. Exactly. There's donuts afterwards. It's like. No, it it needs I to love be. That you added their donuts afterwards. Like that's, that's best, what grown men are thinking about. It's you, like, think, you, you think you think the grown the men exactly <laughs> like. You think the grown men don't get excited about the donuts? You're kidding yourself, bro. All right. At least David gets excited like they have about the, the decency to wait till the end, you know, and like settle for a cake donut. Uh, I mean, I got personally nothing against a cake donut, but. Uh, but but it's a mentality mm-hmm. that needs to be erased because. We should be the ones serving the parish. Yeah. Not the other way. So, like, I yeah, think... Yeah, and even, I mean... The priests should be like, no. It we, even we don't comes pay into our, our understanding of worship, right? I don't go to Mass to receive anything, right. in a sense. I'm there to worship God. Right, exactly. No, I'm here to, it's like... It's true so leisure. It's, it's like, oh, it's you're helping me. A, you're stamping my, my passbook or, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm here satisfying my obligation. Thank you for... Checking the box ...helping me satisfy that, yeah. you know, because I don't go to hell. Exactly. You know... Uh, the parish, like, I think it might be good if they just stopped paying for anything. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not... The the money you donate, it's not to have the grass cut. Yeah. It's to do stuff for Jesus. And you know what? Jesus doesn't need us to cut the grass. You can do it. You know, like, that. Sh- I think it would be better. You can come... You should come cut our grass. You know what? You don't have very much grass. So we don't have a lot of grass. I'm just thinking about it, like, do you even have any we grass? We have that field across the street. Oh, look at the playground. Yeah. Okay. You could come cut that grass. Well, I would... We're not personally if I, there. Oh, or I sorry. would. If I, I would. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, if I was already cutting St. Benedict's grass and my own grass, and I still had time to cut grass... You would cut our I'd grass. Cut, I'd okay, cut your grass. You. you know what? I actually like cutting grass. I do, too. It's very satisfying. When you look at a freshly... Freshly cut grass. I don't even have to cut it my looks grass. looks good. So. Yeah. I know. Someone cuts my grass. You know what? Yeah. I know. This is like one of those things. Like, oh, the priest should do everything. But there's <laughs> like, if people were driving by and saw the priest like mowing the grass in a collar, like people would be like, wow. That's pretty cool. Check that guy Father out. John Grant cuts his own grass. Right. Exactly. That's like, cool. you know what? I, I respect that. I respect that. Good for him. The other day. How do you think? Hold on, hold on. Okay, let me, I just want like, how do you think <clears throat> as as a priest, like, how do you how do you think we can bring back that call to action in men in parish? Because I think that 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 is one way mm-hmm. that we're going to be able to bring well, men back in. One of the things goes back. I mean, it's just like we don't. You have to feel connected to a parish in the first place, and so, like in the past you were like pretty much assigned to parish, right? You just lived in that boundary. And so you lived around all those people. And it technically may or may not still be that way. It's still kind of that way, but Mm -hmm. it's not enforced. So like with that in mind, people kind of go where they want, when they want. And then this priest comes, so they don't like him. So I think it it goes, we have to go back to this understanding of like, I go, I join a parish. That's where I am. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I like the priest. I'm there to worship God. 
do a part of this community. This is the community demo. Uh, yeah. a, a, a sense of stability. Yeah, because it does give us a stability. I agree. So I don't know how to bring that back exactly, but at <laughs> least at least conveying that whole image and picture. The, this, the problem idea. is it's a hard sell for a lot of men to say like, hey, you need to go from like you need to give up watching football you know, on Saturdays, college football, and you need to like invest that time in doing something for the church mm-hmm. every Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, tough sell. It's it's a pretty tough, tough sell. sell to get men involved sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there's a priest in our diocese that told Adam something. This and uh, uh, which priest it was doesn't matter. But when he Adam told me what he said, and when he said it to me, which at this point is hearsay, but I I trust Adam. Okay, I don't think he's a liar. It really, it really <laughs> resonated with me, and I think it's true. I think he is—he's right. But he said, "The church should almost abandon the women, forget like just almost totally forget about them, and solely focus on evangelizing men, because if the men come, they will bring the will they will come. they will bring the women with them." Uh, like, I'm not completely opposed to that. I do focus more on the men in my priesthood. I intentionally do that. Yeah. Not to hate on the women, but... First of all, the women don't need it as much as the men. The women are already there. Right, they're already there. But, I mean, if a man is Catholic, he's going to bring his wife. Mm -hmm. They're going to all come. If the wife is is Catholic, the man is not necessarily coming. Yeah, you know exactly. We see that all the time. I know. Like Some people are going to be like, that's not true. I know a couple. And it's like, yeah, 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 I know. There's obviously exceptions. Jim is an exception. There's exceptions to everything, right? Like, yeah, There's sure. I know you know that couple. The guy comes with his kids and his wife doesn't come. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I know. But it happens. Like, lay off. If in but general. I think you're right. Yeah. We, we very much need to focus on the men. I do too. Like, that's, I mean, that's where we need our efforts to be. And we need it. We need the church to be a manly place. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be beautiful. Where we let the, and we let the women come too. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> it needs to be beautiful, a place we want to be. Right. Good liturgy, mm-hmm. good things for men. We try I to do that at Christ. Totally agree. So uh, the last thing in your paper was, you know, like men in the parish, and then you have men in society. I feel like yeah. really the, those two things probably they're share connect- a lot in common. They're kind of connected. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's just, with that, it's like how do you then go out and just really just evangelize the people that are already in your life because that's how you change society we've talked about that a little bit it's not by going out and like standing on the corner it's just by you have to not be weird about it yeah it's just by sharing the message of the gospel with your friends right yeah because in a sense jesus like jesus he gave us this task to evangelize and there was no backup plan yeah. Right. There's no backup plan. So if the twelve apostles didn't go out and proclaim the message of the gospel, the whole thing would have fallen apart. And so it's the same today. If we're not going out and talking to those people that we work with, and it's really just like telling them what does what has Jesus Christ done in my life? Mm-hmm. Why does He make a difference? It's not. I think we're afraid of that, but it's not mm-hmm. that hard. Right. I yeah. Mean, there was a guy who uh, messaged us on social media not too long ago, and he and his uh, he had some friends over, and they were like, "So, are you like, are you super Catholic? Like, are you like a super Catholic family?" And he had this hesitation of thinking, like, "Oh, I don't want to be labeled as a super Catholic," mm-hmm. you know. And so he, I do. 
He, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I am. Yeah. Like, yes, but, I, I, so you. like he had this inner struggle of like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be labeled as an outcast or like some, or weird. And well, so, no, uh, I'm not, but I'm working on it. Right. You know? We're getting uh, there. And so he messaged us and was like, so what do you think we should do? And I said like, you should be super Catholic and not be ashamed of it. Right. Uh, and uh, he said, I thought that's what you would say. Dang it. You're right. I you know, afraid, but like, I was there's this, uh, this, this like hesitancy of being super Catholic. Like you're going to be weird yeah. or like it'd be, like, be labeled you're as be weird. labeled as weird. It's like, right. well, first of all, we did a whole episode of how to evangelize without being weird. Yeah. Like, first of all, don't be weird about it. Don't right. be weird. Okay. Like, Stop pick, being weird. Like, pick like, <laughs> all right, five saints is enough. You don't need to be wearing any more than five medals on one chain. That's fair. Okay? That's fair. If you can't narrow it down to five, <laughs> like, then you like need to go to, sp- like, get a spiritual director or something. So who my, can, so who my can, scapular weighs 22 pounds. Who can, like, tell you which one to get rid of. Okay? Uh <laughs> How many do you have, Jim? I got three. Okay. Uh, See, that's only right. three. He's that's less than five. Folks. That's totally fine. But you can hear those people who have like 25 walking down the hallway. Yeah. And it's like, why do you jingle so much? And then you see their necklace and you're like, okay. That's too <laughs> Look, many saints. This is not like a charm bracelet. That's not exactly. how it works. Okay. But anyway, uh, you have to like be, reg- be regular, be cool. like To be normal. Be just a normal person. And just tell people what Jesus like, Christ is I think is Jesus doing was pretty life. normal. I mean, like, for the in, a ways, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. The divine thing was. In a lot of ways, he was normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it just goes, it's it's simple. You got to be normal. You got to tell them what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. And then you want to invite them into that same relationship that yeah. you have. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's really normal, but it sounds really weird. Like, give them the basic message of the gospel and invite them if they want to accept it or not. And if they don't want to, it's fine. I think Keep a lot of friend. a lot of people struggle to answer that question because they don't really know. Like they might be faithful Catholics, mm-hmm. um, and they might take their faith seriously, but they they honestly don't know what Jesus Christ personally means in their life. No, no clue. You know, I mean, I think that's a it's a real thing, and that's something you have to have an answer for. You yeah. have to be able to say that, like, you know what. He does. This is what he means to me. Like this, mm-hmm. I and I, I couldn't imagine my life in any other way. And so, like, if that's you, maybe go on a retreat. Mm-hmm. You know, like look for a go to Clear Creek. Uh, uh, go to Clear Creek if there's um, Curcio in your diocese or Axe or you know, w- like whatever it is. Maybe it's because maybe you haven't been like giving him space. Mm-hmm. We're all busy, um, but. I mean, if you're if you're a Catholic and you're taking your faith seriously, Jesus wants to speak to you, and like it could be just because you're not giving him the room, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I don't know. That's I think that's I think part that's of a it. Good recommendation. I think the other thing is if if you don't have good Catholic male friends, try to find them, right? Because yeah, we pray well, for them, pray for them, yeah. go to church, try to get involved because. Hopefully, what can happen is that we can actually walk with each other in the faith mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. right? We need to encounter Christ, but we also have to encounter others so that, right, we can call each other on, and the term in this church today is accompaniment, right? It's it's a buzzword, but it's kind of true. Like, we have to walk with each other in the faith yeah. so that we can all grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. And accompaniment does not mean putting up with other people's sins. No. It means call each o- calling each other on to greatness. Yes, to holiness. 
Because friends don't let friends sin. That's the thing about it. Truth. All right. Anything else? I have nothing else. Nothing else. I think that's it. I got I got letters after my name now. Thank nice. You. Yes. Thank so, you, Bishop Conrad. So can can we uh, put that in our show notes or no? Yeah, Is this a, like a public document, like to where it's if public somebody... domain? I'm making no money off of it. Okay, so uh, we yeah. have it. So we. We'll, I was gonna ask that too. Yeah, so we, we'll we'll add it to our show notes if you want to read. Anybody want to read? read it? Yeah. Sixty mm-hmm. some odd pages, seventy pages. Feel free. Okay. Awesome. It's good though. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. This would be. Uh, this is one thing people do a lot. They're looking for. They have a men's group, maybe like they get together monthly, but they people are looking for things to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be a good discuss. Uh, facilitate. You know, good discussion. you could you could break this down into three three you meetings. Could break it down into many meetings. A lot, whole lot of meetings. So this would you be. I think it would much. be really good for a men's group, like where you could break out into small Very discussion groups or something. Mm-hmm. So I uh, dig. Um, you know, maybe use it for that. There you go. Father John Fincher, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us this evening. Thank you so much for your service to the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. Um, anything else, Dave? Thanks just for being a cool priest, you know. Yeah, thanks for thank being a, a normal, for having cool, me. Mm-hmm. I try holy to be normal. man. Yeah. Key. Yeah. We're, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Boom. I also try to be normal, but it's just hard when you're so extraordinary.